Critical thinking is the most important skill you can have when you're living in a world that seems to have lost its mind. Everyone out there is trying to tell you what to think. I want to teach you how to think. In every episode, I'm exposing the logical fallacies being used by advertisers, politicians, influencers, news outlets, social media memes, and maybe even your own best friend. Warning, listening to this podcast will cause you to see bad thinking everywhere. Welcome to the Filter Through a Brain Cell podcast. Hey, what's up, thinkers? Kathy Gibbons here. Let's start today with a quick review of a fallacy we have covered earlier in this podcast, the no true Scotsman fallacy. Okay, real quick, do you want to test yourself and see if you can remember what this fallacy is? I recommend you do that on these episodes that I review. Pause it, right? Just hit pause for a second and see if you can remember before I tell it, before I tell you, like test yourself. And if you can't remember, go back and review. Okay, so the no true Scotsman fallacy goes like this. Scotsmen don't put cream in their tea. Well, I'm a Scotsman and I like cream in my tea. Well, then you're not a true Scotsman. You guys see it? So the no true Scotsman fallacy is kind of like an appeal to purity. It's saying that if you do or don't do this certain thing, whatever that is, then you must not really be part of a certain group or you must not really be genuine. So the question to ask yourself if you think you're facing a no true Scotsman fallacy is this. Are they changing the definition to avoid having to acknowledge new evidence just because they don't like the new evidence? (laughs) If you want to hear more about this fallacy, go back and check out episode 40. All right. Are you interested in homeschooling, but you're not sure where to start? Since 1997, our sponsor, Classical Conversations, has grown to equip over 45,000 families just like yours with tools and confidence to home educate. That's what we've been doing for the last 11 years. CC is known for connecting lives through learning. By joining Classical Conversations, you and your child will belong to a community of like-minded families near you, all homeschooling through Classical Conversations' proven Christ-centered curriculum. You can find a local community today by visiting classicalconversations.com forward slash Gibbons and fill out the short form and they'll get your info and somebody will get back with you. Plus you get two free eBooks, which is super cool. Okay. So today's new fallacy is called the fallacy of misleading vividness. The fallacy of misleading vividness occurs when someone shares a small number of really dramatic events, and those events are made to seem like they're way more important or way more common than even a large amount of real statistical evidence to the contrary. Sometimes this type of fallacy is also called an anecdotal fallacy. This means that the argument is based more on personal stories than statistics and research. Okay, so let me give you an example of what this... um, what this fallacy of uh, misleading vividness is all about. This might be a little bit of a grim example, but one example of this fallacy is plane crashes. When a plane crashes, it is a vivid, dramatic event. Details and pictures of it are splashed all over the news. Online, they're in papers for weeks showing us all the chaos and the mayhem that results from a plane crash, right? These images make a major impression on us and we tend to remember them for a long time. Now, someone who survived a plane crash or who lost a loved one in a plane crash or was very affected by it would be very apt to believe that traveling by plane is super dangerous, uh, maybe even more dangerous than traveling by car. However, the statistics prove otherwise. Statistically, traveling by plane is one of the safest, safest methods of travel. Isn't that crazy? So the problem with the thinking in a fallacy of misleading vividness is that the mere fact that something is particularly dramatic or vivid doesn't mean it's more likely to occur. 
especially if there is statistical data that shows the opposite. If it's used in a negative way, it can leave people with an intense or irrational fear that something bad is going to happen. And if it's used in a positive way, it can give people the impression that Positive rewards or outcomes are way more likely to happen than they actually are. Think of people who win the lottery, right? You see them, they're holding this big giant check with millions of dollars on it and they make a big deal about all this money, what they could do. And it kind of makes you think, oh, maybe I can win the lottery too. Even though statistically the chances of someone winning the lottery are like one in millions, um, of it not happening. Another example of using this in a positive way is one that you may have seen when you go to a fair. You know how there are little booths with games that you can play to win stuffed animals and other prizes? Well, sometimes the person working at the booth will quote unquote show you how easy it is to win just in order to get you to pay the money and give it a try when statistically those games are rigged. <laughs> so it's much harder to win than it looks. All right, a real-life example of this fallacy happened after 9-11. I remember it well. It was horrific to see the footage of the Twin Towers coming down, of, of the Pentagon getting hit, and of the plane that crashed um, in Pennsylvania, right? The stories in the images were so vivid and so dramatic that it was seared into the mind and the memory of everyone who was alive when it happened. But there were politicians and policymakers who used that vivid, dramatic event to pass legislation that would end up severely affecting and limiting the freedoms of Americans. Using the events of 9-11, they painted a picture that America was unsafe and that they needed to pass these measures to protect our country without actually giving any data showing that we needed them. The vividness from 9-11 was enough. Okay, so the question to ask yourself, if you think you're facing a fallacy of misleading vividness is really simple. Is it really true that this event is much more likely to happen again? Let me say it again. Is it really true that this event is much more likely to happen again? Okay, guys, that's it for today. Remember, when you learn how to think, you will no longer fall prey to those who are trying to tell you what they want you to think. And it all starts with asking one simple question. Is that really true? I would love to hear from you. Do you have questions about fallacies and cognitive biases? Are you now starting to see and hear them everywhere around you too? Well, send them in. They just might get featured on the podcast. You can email them to me at think at filteritthroughbraincell.com or you can connect with me on Instagram at filteritthroughbraincell. And if you want to be notified about when new episodes come out and all the things that we're doing, go to www.filteritthroughbraincell.com and sign up to receive email updates. I would love it if you would help us on our mission to teach society how to think well. Please subscribe, leave us a review, and share this podcast with people in your life.